Welcome to our weekly, and we mean weekly Wednesday night shir. Unfortunately, today um, we in Crown Heights are suffering from a brownout, hence, there's no air conditioning. I do have a little fan that's blowing behind me, and um, it might not help with the audio. Hopefully the video will have better audio than that because the video has direct mic. Um, the shir, like every week, is the Nishmas, Barach Ben Yudah Levi, Basara. And today I was asked. Let's come to the end of the Shiva for Tzvi David ben Yehoshmuel of Shalom, who was nifta last Friday. Um, the Shiva for the fish tomorrow. Tonight's yard site, of course, Hill, not of course, is a Hill ben Chaim. I spoke about him before. I spoke about him, I believe, when we finished Kaddish for him. A man that was a bus driver. Very, very simple Jew. A bus driver drove a public bus and with a bus full of people suffered a heart attack on the throughway New York State throughway and Baruch Hashem Hashem nobody was hurt he unfortunately had a fatal heart attack and in a very, very righteous way to go away in such a way in a Mrs. Nishika. What are these? Rosh Hashanah? This week's Pashas Kisavai. Today, as we know, was Chayel. Chai El, Chai of course we know is the is the gematria of life. Very good. Gematria life. Chai is eighteen. There are twelve days left to the year Tavshin Ayin Ches. Twelve days means, as we have twelve days and twelve months of the year, each day, starting Chayel. So I'm sorry to be a little late on this notification to you, but each day is a day to. Whoops, Cheshma Nefesh. To figure out. Not to figure out, to go over, to review, to take stock how we acted, how we behaved this past year on the month of Tishrei. Can't while I'm talking. In the month of Tishrei of Tavshanayin Ches. Tonight starts Yutes, the second of the twelve days, and we would do the Cheshma Nefesh. For the month of Cheshvan of Tavshanayin Ches. So, of course, first question is how am I supposed to remember? That's a very innocent and honest question. But the truth is, we remember more than we think we do. Unfortunately, in our daily lives, we don't reflect enough. We don't reflect enough on what we have done, what we could have done, what we should have done. We don't make those calculations. We don't make those cheshbainas, as we say, to see. I passed today. Today was Wednesday. From my time that I woke up in the morning until the time I go to sleep this evening 
Can I account for every living minute? Can I say, I can tell you that I woke up this morning, how I woke up? I said, Maidani, with proper intention, that I washed Nagalasa. Okay, so far, so good. I can almost tell you what my preparations were for chakras, for the morning prayer. And I can almost tell you how I prayed the morning prayer. Pretty much with what intentions. But I'll tell you the truth. I will make a confession. And that is that I do this every day. I do it every day. And I do it every week on a Thursday night. And I've been doing it since I'm 16 years old. You could do the math. But I won't confess to how old I am. Um... So I'm used to it, I'm attuned to it, and I make my Kheshman and Nefesh on a daily basis, as I say Kriyashma Shalamita, prayer before going to bed, and I think through my day, and I think through, at one o'clock what was I doing here, preparing myself for Mincha etc, etc, each hour of the moment, each moment of the day. But never mind the calculation of your day. Let's put that on the side for a moment. Let us simply take stock of who we are. Let's simply take stock of what we've accomplished in our lives, what we've become, I could think back in retrospect of different happenings that happened during the course of my day, my year, my month, my life, knowing my reactions to these things. Some reactions were more positive and some reactions less, obviously. I had an opportunity to say some really good gossip some real good Lashon Hara but I passed it up how do I remember passing it up? because I knew how hard it was not to say it I had an opportunity to insult somebody but I didn't and again on the same basis I remember because but not always are we so fine tuned to our actions and of course we know the reactions that people have between road rage and supermarket rage the person cut in front of you on the line by checkout or the person took the last thing off the shelf the last one the last item I needed that item and he took the last one off the shelf the normal reaction is he got hit first The normal reaction of the person that pulls into the block looking for parking in the car in front of him that had just either cut him off a block earlier or whatever it was or was just driving in front of him also was looking for parking and took the parking space they wanted. That coveted parking space because there were no others on the block. What is your reaction to this? Chayel teaches us we need to take stock of our every moment not only in the past but in the present and even in the future 
knowing how we deal with with situations. Do we allow anxiety to set in? Do we allow anger to set in? Do we blaspheme Chas v'shalom? What is, do we swear? What is our natural reaction when it comes to different circumstances? Chayel tells us we need to begin to take stock of our lives. We need to take our lives in hand and to understand how everything is from Hashem. Chayel is also the birthday of two great illuminaries. The birthday of Rabbi Yisrael Baal Shem Tov, and the birthday of the first, the Bavit Shereba, the Al-Tarebbe, Rabbi Shazam and the Adi. The Baal Shem Tov's student, the Mazariche Magid, was the teacher of Shazam and the Adi of the Alter Rebbe and therefore the Alter Rebbe referenced the Baal Shem Tov as a grandfather not figuratively speaking not just connection per the outside or whatever it might be he considered him stronger than his biological grandfather And everything and every attribute, every form of behavior, action, behavior, etc., the Al Terebe attributed to the Bashemtov. Of course, to his teacher, the Magid, but his Magid, like a father to him. Anyone who teaches the son of a friend is as if he gave birth to him. And therefore, anyone that is the guidance, the mentor the guardian angel, whatever it might be and gives the person direction according to of course Das Teda with full Siata Dishmaya and of course with devotion and with love and with true unconditional love not that a person has to feel oh, they expect this and this from me I actually, when it comes to Hill Machaim, he's not buried here in Brooklyn, he's buried in Staten Island. And the conversation with his son this evening, I was going to go meet him tomorrow by the cemetery. And he really, really says, it's, it's really too much for you. I'd like to be there early morning, he says. And I really don't want to add the pressure. I said, you know what? I said, I'm a good friend. Why should I not be? He says, no, no, I really don't want to put, impose on you. So I said, you know what? I won't. <laughs> you won't impose. I'll charge you. I'll charge you for coming out. I'm a rabbi. I'll charge you for coming out to the cemetery. Will you feel better that way? He says, Rabbi, be honest with you. I'd be more upset if you come than if you don't come. I am glad to call you on phone while in the cemetery and you could say all the chapters that you need to say all the tilm that needs to be said I'll call you on whatsapp video because neither of us have iPhones so we can't call on FaceTime ah, I know the phrase um, and you do all the prayers and I'll be just as satisfied. And then you'll come later to the garage and we'll put on film. I couldn't argue anymore. And it's not just the first day, it's really a whole week that's going on. More than a week this is going on. And he says to me, Rabbi, I know where you're coming from. I don't think that you're trying to win me over in any way you mean it I understand it 
and I really, really I want you to know that I would really be bothered more if you showed up here. It would be more of a pain for me to know that you slept and came all the way out here for me than if we did this over the phone. Unfortunately, I guess my Yitzhara gave in. Well, again, it's not as if we're going to have a meeting there. He's going himself, maybe with his mom. So it's not as if I'd be the tenth person. So I don't. I'm not crying. The Baal Shem Hakadosh. If you believe all the stories, stories you hear about the Baal Shem Tov, you're a fool. But if you don't, you're a heretic, an apicarius. What do I do? Many of the stories of Hashem Tov are told that happened either Matzah Shabbos or Thursday night. But, as someone once put it, there are more stories of Thursday nights in the Hashem Tov's life than there, were li- than there were Thursday nights in the Hashem Tov's life. So what do I do with that? Do I chas v'shalom not believe? The answer is no. We need to understand what is the Baal What is an Ishama like the Baal How does a soul like the Baal actually exist in this world? And the same with the Al-Tarebbe. Their connection to world, their connection to the earth, is something that we can't fathom. Famous story of the general in the Israeli army during the Yom Kippur War was, I believe the Yom Kippur War, they knew how many casualties there were. And he came to the Rebbe. And he told the Rebbe, the Rebbe asked how many casualties are there, and he said, he said so and so many. And the Rebbe said, no, there's three more. There's three more. No. No. It was three more. I remember the story myself. And as he was talking to the Rebbe, he got a phone call saying, how they indeed lost that many more soldiers. And the Rebbe explained to him, every neshama, every soul that comes down into this world, comes through this room. And every neshama that leaves this world, comes through this room. Making reference to the Rebbe's room, where incidentally, just a say in America, shout out, next Wednesday evening, the Rebbe's room will be open for the women to go in to pray by the desk that the Rebbe sat for many, many decades. The desk where tons, hundreds of thousands of millions of tears have been poured. Millions of lives have been saved. So this Wednesday evening the room will be opened accessible for women to go in girls over bas mitzvah to go in to pray I believe it's after 7.30 if you're in Brooklyn though and you'd like to join we're having a challah baking before that for the women here in our house our home you're welcome to join our challah baking and then the women will go into the Rebbe's room after so stories of the Baal Shem HaKadosh 
as we said, or beyond, without numbers. And one of the favorite stories that I have, and it's interesting that my son said that he has the same one, is the famous story of the Chassid that would travel every Matzah Shabbos to Mezhebush. To see the Holy Bashemtiv, to be by Mlav Malka with the Bashemtiv. And it was one very wintry night. Understand, please, wintry in those days, you didn't have snow tires on your horse and wagon. Wintry, not all winter storms, your rickety front door was able to withstand. And sometimes if it withstood it, you couldn't get out the door. Because the wind or the snow had piled up outside your door. And so, So, this chassid, as he traditionally would go every Matzah Shabbos to Mezhebush, Shabbos finished, he put on his pelt, heavy winter coat, and started to try to get out the door. And he saw that the storm was raging the snow was piling up against his door this was not going to be an easy task but he couldn't not be Be'alab Hashem so there was a tug of war or a push of war, whatever you want to call it between him and the elements until he managed to get out the door the next part was convincing his horse that he has to go to Mezhebush too as he hooked up the horse to the wagon he began to travel I can't tell you ordinarily how long this journey would take and I also can't tell you how long it took that night but as he started his journey to his shock dismay whatever you want to call it he sees standing on the side of the road a hitchhiker. A hitchhiker standing there. As the Yangitan pelt Zeichet. Also the same pelt, same coat. Fur hat, whatever he was wearing. The Streimel, Matashabis. And he's waiting also for a ride. Where are you going? Going to Mezhebush. So am I. Come, Rabid. Get up here next to me. And the two chassidim sat down and took out a flask of vodka. Each one said, L'chaim. Fart, gotta keep warm. Mafart. Suddenly, the uh, hitchhiker tells the Balagola, tells the chassid, Zagmir, tell me, we said L'chaim. And we're headed to Malavim Malka. Let's sing Love Malka song. I'm Love Malka song. Sing Love Malka song. So they started to sing. Eliyahu Anavi, Eliyahu Hatishbi. And they sing, and they sing about Eliyahu Anavi. Who's famous for Matzah Shabbos. No, they arrive at Mezhbuz and the passenger jumps off and says, I'll be with you soon. And he goes off into the dark, into the storm. And the Chassid goes to the Bashemtev. And as he enters the Bashemtev, the Bashemtev was in the middle of Lav Malka, sitting with all the Chassidim. And the Bashemtev looks at him and smiles and says, Nu, how did it feel to sing the song Eliyahu HaNavi together with Eliyahu HaNavi? So the Chassid, the simple Chassid, 
who had the simple mitzvah of traveling every Matzah Shabbos to Malav Malka was Zeicha merited revelation of Elio and of Elijah the prophet and sat and sang with him song of Elio Anavi. to which the Boshemtav greeted him with but another very interesting when I talk about the Boshemtav I have a connection with Hashem HaKadosh how the Hashem was connected with his Hasidim the first thing that comes to my mind is the Chassid who's buried side by side in the Ohel of the Hashem the Chassid the Wolf Kitsis Bzev Kitsis the Bzev Kitsis is side by side with the Hashem HaKadosh and when I saw it for the first time in Tavshin and Dalit in 1994, I, I started to tremble. All these stories I hear of Wolf Kitsis of the, the Bashem HaKadosh, and now to actually be by the Bashem Tav, and even more so, to see Wolf Kitsis and to see how close he was to the Bashem Tav, they buried him side by side. Revolt Kitsis was a very devoted Chassid. But apparently he had a very special soul. And his special soul yearned to travel to the Holy Land of Israel. Needless to say, Mezhibush to the Holy Land was not exactly Not exactly a local trip. And of course, a chassid like Revolf Kitsis would never do something like this without asking the Rebbe first, Bashem. And so Revolf was going to go to ask the Bashem Tev. How do you go to Bashem Tev without first going to the Mikveh? It's not even a, an option. So, we have Wolf went to the mikveh. And he came to the mikveh in the morning. And he goes under the water of the mikveh. And he sees a vision. He sees a vision. He's traveling. He's traveling and he comes to the docks. And he comes to the docks and he sees a ship. And this ship is traveling to the Holy Land. He can't breathe anymore. So he comes up for air. He comes up for air. And... He doesn't want to finish the vision. He doesn't want to lose the vision. He drums, goes back under the water. And he sees himself boarding the ship. Welcome Atlanta, Georgia. I tried to call you several times. He sees himself boarding the ship. And the ship starts to sail. So it's as it's so. But he can't breathe anymore. He comes back up for air and he comes back down under the water and he sees the ship arrive in the port of Akko. And then a wolf sees himself walking off the ship and start walking towards Yerushalayim. And he sees Harabayas. He sees the holy temple, the Beis Hamikdash. can't breathe anymore. He comes back up. And he goes quickly under the water again and he comes sees himself going into the holy temple. And he passes through the chatzedas, through the yards, the courtyards. And he enters to the holy. 
and he's getting closer and he gets to the Holy of Holies and he's about to open it but he can't breathe anymore he runs back up and finally he can't this is, the, this is where he wanted to be how could he miss it and he goes back under the water and he sees himself grabbing the curtain of the, the Holy of Holies and as he parts the curtain there he sees sitting the Balsham HaKadosh the Holy Balsham Tov and he realizes the what do I have to go run there I have the Rebbe here The famous story I told already also about the Alter Rebbe, and we need to go to the parish a little bit. So I'll try to make it a kitzer. The story of two tailors, two Jewish tailors, that in their shtetl were not making a living. So they decided to take to the travels. And they decided they're going to travel together. They're going to make a business. They'll, they'll earn money. But they were sworn friends and decided that they are going to crook each other and they're going to be faithful to each other. And in fact, Kitzer, they got themselves a decent reputation and they got themselves some very prestigious clientele. Uh, Atlanta, in case you're wondering what's going on over here, we have a brownout. And we have no air conditioning. Yes. Thank you for your sympathy. Wipe your forehead one more time for me, please. Um, they started getting very fancy clientele, very prestigious clientele, and the clientele started inviting them to parties and to happenings, to events. They said, oh, can't say no. Insult the client. Could lose the account. So they agreed. They agreed once, twice, and thrice. Each time they agreed to go to the client to another event, and a third and a fourth event, it got harder and harder not to partake of the event. Because you can't insult the host. And then it got awkward. How do I come to the event with my yamaki, my tzitzis, my casket? So he started to lose that. And they lost the beards. And Achman they went midechi dechi. Although they were making money hands over fist... Spiritually, they were totally deteriorated. Well, to make a long story short, they earned enough money, they amassed enough money between themselves. They felt they can go home now. Although they were beyond recognition to their family, but of course, there was no video calling or video chats in those days, or Skype, or whatever other things you have. So the parent, the family hadn't seen them in years, and they hadn't seen the family in years. But at least now they had money for the family. So even though their spiritual status might not have been up to par, but they'll make up for it financially with the family. And they begin their journey home, and they come to a little city called Piena. And they stop in the inn. And the sky is as much as you want. Mita With a beard, without a beard. The nose gives it away usually. The guy saw they're Jewish. They ask for a room. So they'll give you a room. And they said, um, Budit? Is there food? And he says, They don't have any kosher food. 
They said, we don't care if the food's kosher. It's because you're Jewish, right? And they said, yes. And you don't care the food should be good? No. Whatever you could bring. Man said, fine. No problem. We'll prepare you a nice meal. And the man walks out of the room. And suddenly they hear a latch on the door. And they're locked into the room. They run to the room, to the door, to start banging to get, let us out. What's going on over here? And they hear the voice of the innkeeper laughing. You fools. Do you see how remote my inn is? Nothing's near here. Nobody's going to hear you screaming. I'm going to prepare a meal. But you're going on the plate. I will kill both of you and take all your money. The two of them looked at each other and started to cry. Our families, our children. We worked so hard to finally be able to live and now, and now what? And then the other one said, you still have your tefillin? He says, yes, I still have my tefillin. Maybe we should put on tefillin. Maybe we should daven. Maybe we should ask Hashem for forgiveness. At least our last minutes, we should act like proper Jews. And the other agreed. And they put on their tefillin and their talis. And they sat there crying and davening. Crying like they never cried before. Davening like they never davened before. And when they finished davening, they sat there staring at each other. Now what happens? Now what becomes of us? Help the Rebbe And they hear the door opening, unlocking. The latch is moving. start to cry bitterly their end is near, it's over now they have no way, they cannot overpower this man and he walks in with trays of delicacies, food walks in with his two sons so scary looking they thought for sure this is it, they're all going to jump on them and kill them now and the old man says Sadit, Sadit, eat. Sit down and eat. Where's that of you? He says, no, no. No, we're not eating this. It's not kosher. He says, it's kosher. I went to the Jew. I got the meat from him. He cooked the meat for me. He prepared everything for me here. This was done by a Jew. He said, what are you talking about? He said, let me tell you a story, children, he says. Many, many years ago, I had a very, very holy man staying in my inn. And before he passed away, he blessed me with long life, with wealth, with children, all of them which had come through. But he said, I ask of you one favor. He said, One day, two Jews will come to your inn. And they'll cons- consent to eating non kosher food. I want you to teach them a lesson. I want you to get them to actually repent. And the man passed away, it was Matzah Shabbos. And he's buried not far from here in a city called Hadich. And this was the Alter Rebbe. Who had seen decades before about these two Jews who were going to come to this inn and what would become of them, and how he had to make sure that they did shuvah.
So on this auspicious day of Chayel, the birthday of the Alter Rebbe and the birthday of the Baal Shem HaKadosh, what does it have to do with us? Do, should we go bring them a cake to Mezhibuz and to Mahadich? Besides, they're dead. You want to tell me? On the yard site, we celebrate the person's neshama going from one level to another level. Okay, what happens on their birthday? They're not getting older. The person dies, and the person's neshama comes above, and the neshama shows what it accomplished in this world. And when the Bezna Shalmaila, the courts of, an hev- of an hev- heavenly courts, see all that they've accomplished, they're rewarded. Because this is why they came down into this world, with this intention. When did that start? At birth. And therefore, we need to always celebrate our birthdays for those of us that are Baruch Hashem getting older even if it's from 17 to 18 or 20 to 21 but they're getting older nonetheless and we need to celebrate our life on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, a monthly basis, thanking Hashem. And of course, on our birthday, thanking Hashem that we've accomplished another year, we've completed another year, and we begin yet a new one. So therefore, on the day of a birthday of a tzaddik, even if the tzaddik is not physically with us on this world, his neshama is celebrating because it's this date that his neshama began his journey on this world. Especially when the neshama was a neshama chadasha. A new neshama never on this world before. It embarked on its journey of Torah and mitzvahs in this world and now can celebrate all that it accomplished. But you can't celebrate and you can't be happy and you can't be thankful for all you have accomplished if you're not born. And therefore the birth, the birthday, still holds such a significance even after 120 years. Let us focus a little bit on the Parsha for the last 18 minutes, or 17 actually. Parsha talks of Bikurim. Parsha talks also about the Teichachah. But the Parsha's focus as we open the Parsha is the person takes his first fruits that grow on his tree and he brings them to the Holy Temple. And the Pasuk tells us, chapter 26, verse 3, Perik Chavav Pasuk Gimel, Uvosel HaKoyin, you came to the Koyin, you should come to the Koyin, that will be in those days. love and tell him, say to him, He Hayem I extol today Hashem your God. Why? for I came to the land that the Almighty swore to our forefathers to ultimately give us. So we're commanded to bring the first ripened fruits of the year. And we bring it to the Beis Hamikdash and we express our gratitude to God for all that He's done for us. But the Torah instructs us before you give the Bikurim, the one offering, the one that brings it, has to declare. He has to say, He guarded the Ayyim Lashem I've extolled Hashem and your God. Why? Because I came to this land. 
What land is this? Hashem Nishba Hashem which God swore to our fathers to give us. The fact that he says, Why? Because I came to this land. Even if he's lived in the land of his entire life, in fact, even if hundreds of years have passed since his ancestors arrived in the land, and therefore generation after generation after generation have lived in this land, he still needs to say, Kivosi Elaretz. I came now to the land. And in doing so, the person offering the Bikurim acknowledges the fact that he lives in the land of Atzisrael is living in a land unlike any other land in the world. And the Torah warns us in Vayikra chapter 18 verse 28 let not the land let the land not vomit you for having defiled it as it vomited out the nation that preceded you just an interesting note 18 is Gematria life, Chai. 28 is Gematria Koyach, strength. And this Pasuk telling us how we need to respect and live in the land properly so that the land not vomit us out is chapter 18, verse 28. This tells us, therefore, that a person continuously earns his stay in the land of Israel. It's not a given. Each day that a person lives in the Holy Land needs to be granted by God Himself. And if not for the fact that He swore to our forefathers, we'd have no merits to stay here at all. So therefore, a person can truly say, I declare today that I've come to the land because the resident of Israel, of the Holy Land today is not simply because I arrived here today I arrived three years ago I arrived ten generations ago but rather it's something that he merited on this very day he received on this day the Yishchus to be on this land a good one 600,000 baskets of fruit were given to the Kohen that's a lot of compot <laughs> I wasn't going to say something else but fruit tends to do um, yeah a lot of compot but today's day and age everybody juicing are they still juicing ok so that's what happened that's where it comes from because 600,000 baskets of fruit came to the Kahanim and they had to figure out what to do with it quick so they juiced and they sold everybody juice on Harabayas there was a juice stand right next to the uh, Kir because there was a source of water there so they hooked them up um, look what you started in Atlanta my gosh <laughs> don't get me started on these things twice a year I'm sorry I'd rather go to this one since I only have that much time Pasuk chapter 26 verse 11 Be happy my friend with everything that God has given you wow is that hard who is the rich man the wealthy man one who is satisfied with his lot what a task that is telling us in other words one needs to constantly be happy perpetually sorry and this is one of the things the Bashemtav said what, 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 what? 
Chayel, Jews need to be happy. Because they merited to be servants of God. We also know the Pasuk. If do as Hashem Besimcha, serve God with joy. Since our essence and our existence is to serve God, one needs to constantly, perpetually be happy. And therefore it says in this parsha as well, that a person needs to serve God, your God, with joy and and happy heart. If you're looking that one up, it's in chapter Chavches, Perik Mem Zayin, chapter 28, verse 47. So although all mitzvahs we need to be mekayim, we need to fulfill, enjoy, there are certain mitzvahs that you have to have even more joy with. And one of those such mitzvahs is the bringing of the Bikurim. that the parasha begins with when the Torah tells us the way the mitzvah was done it shows how a Jew one was happy and joyful with all that God gave them gave them so the mitzvah of Bikurim is a very very basic fundamental rather mitzvah and way of serving God. The mitzvah tells us that you take the first of your fruits, the most choice fruits, and bring them to God. And of course, this mitzvah only can happen when the Holy Temple is standing. So we don't have this mitzvah today, unfortunately, but we will by tomorrow. But spiritually, we can still do it. What does the mitzvah Bikurim connect to our service to God today? So the Basik says in the beginning of the Parashat, when a Jew will come to the place, the special place that God designated, he needs to know that this place God appointed to merit, so that he should merit through Torah mitzvahs. In that case, that goes everywhere, even Chutzlar is even outside of Yitzchel. And Tzemach Tzedek once said to somebody, when he wanted to go to Yitzchel, Tzemach Tzedek said, Mach do Yitzchel, make this Yitzchel. So what happens to the Jew when he reaches that place? Tells us the Take from all the fruits that come, the first fruits, the Bakurim to Hashem. You need to bring from the Rashis your most precious hours, your most precious strength. You need to devote and to dedicate to service of Hashem. thanks to Hashem the fact that he gave us Esa Oretz the land all the good that God bestows upon us when we say the land we of course talk about the land that is fruitful the land that is giving forth vegetation everything that God does for us is the purpose Everything that God does for us is at the time when we need to have it done. In our most crucial moments, God prepares for us a light, a beacon. Before, God forbid, anything happens to us. 
so that we have our safety net to fall on. Bishaitli, when this starts, we don't understand how this is going to work out. We don't understand how it will pan out ultimately because I'm developing this connection with this person, with this item, with this story, with this whatever it might be. But as the connection forges stronger and stronger, and as it reaches a point where it becomes unconditional love, we sometimes still don't see Yad Hashem boy. We still don't see the Siyata Dishmaya that's involved. This is what this mitzvah Bikurim tells us. The Oretz, the land, the foundation that God presents to us, is all good. And this is what brings the thought to mind of the mitzvah Bikurim. The person takes his prime hours his first hours of the day when they're fresh we're not talking about the first half hour you wake up now once you had your second coffee for those who poor people who drink coffee by me it's once I said certain I'm ready to go until I really get to that point although I've said potatoes and I've said Tanya certain parts of Tillam that also now pushes me to get my day moving so when the person sanctifies himself in his moments of the morning as he gets up and says Davins and learns Tera thereafter after all this he starts to go to the mundane world that he's involved in then he will see everything that he involves himself in throughout the day will be God's blessing with it. And this will be given, this will be accompanied with Simcha Gedela. Not only Simcha on the Hatzlacha, on the personal success or blessing or something else, but the simcha will be totally encompassing. He'll be enjoyed with all the good that happens. The simcha of his etzim The etzim existence that the Jew merits to have to serve God. And a simcha like this affects us on a daily basis throughout our day. All that we do and when a Jew is even working on anything that they're doing, no matter what they're involved in, no matter what it is that they're trying to do, or trying to accomplish, or trying to study, or trying to overcome, they need to know that this is being done with God, and it can never be taken away from this ultimate joy. For each and every second, the person feels the joy, I'll call Hatayim and all the good, and through this simcha, we will merit that Kaddish Baruch Hu will write us as a Ksiva, a Chasima Teva, a Shana Teva, a Masuka, a Shnas, Geula, a Simcha, a year of redemption, of joy, and may we merit to see that speedily in our day, before we get to Atem Nitzavim Ayayim Kulchem, before we read by Mincha, you are standing before me today. You should merit to be in Yerushalayim in Hakodesh. This month of Shabbos Kodesh, we begin the recital of Slichos. Many shuls do it after Chatzos Halayla. Some because of the neighborhoods, whatever it might be, do it like ten o'clock at night, or because the chazan is tired later, so he has to be able to perform. So he does ten o'clock performance um, matinee. <laughs> Slichas is then said each morning, thereafter, prior, before davening. All our brethren, our Sephardi brethren are laughing at us. They've been saying it for 18 days already. 
Good for them. May their prayers be answered. May our prayers be answered. Shabbat Shalom to all. And Shana Tova Omisukah. A sweet and a happy year.